don't begin in the book of Jonah, actually, but rather in the Gospel of Matthew, because there is no other prophet that Jesus mentions as frequently as Jonah. So Jesus did not compare himself to any of the prophets except for Jonah. So Jonah has a very specific significance here in the New Testament. And if you've got a Bible with you, you can look up with me Matthew 16, 1-4. So, the Pharisees and Sadducees came to Jesus and tested him by asking him to show them a sign from heaven. He replied, when evening comes, you say it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, today it will be stormy, for the sky is red and overcast. You still have that saying today, right? You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation looks for a miraculous sign, but none will be given it except the sign of Jonah. Jesus then left them and went away. So, the Pharisees didn't want to see any miracle. They wanted to see a sign, their sign from heaven. They wanted to see the definite proof. They told Jesus that, Jesus, we want you to, to give us the proof that you are the Son of God. And that's how it's often like. People want proof, they want signs, they come to services, and then at some point they put a fleece or they want proof a sign that God is really with us, that he's doing things. But many times, we are also quite blind for what God is actually doing. Because just one chapter prior, in Matthew 15, you see a huge miracle, how Jesus feeds the 4,000. And obviously, the Pharisees and Sadducees didn't see that. 4,000 people are fed with just a few loaves of bread and few fish. So food is multiplied. It's a huge miracle. And Jesus said, the only sign I'm going to give you at this time is the sign of the prophet of Jonah. So I am wondering, what is the sign of Jonah? So let's go a few chapters back to Matthew 12, verse 38, because Jesus again is talking about Jonah. So that's amazing. And let me read that to you. Then some of the Pharisees and teachers of the law said to him, Teacher, we want you to see, we want to see a miraculous sign from you as proof that you are sent by God. And he answered, a wicked and adulterous generation asks for a miraculous sign, but none will be given it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So let's take a look at that, in the heart of the earth. Remember that, we'll talk about it later on. And then he says something really strange, verse 41, the men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And now one greater than Jonah is here. But you refuse to repent. So now what is the sign of Jonah at this time? What does it look like? 
Wird das irgendwann mal ein großes J am Is there going to be a huge J painted in the sky? Sind das die Fische am Auto? Or will it be the fish, huge J fish painted at the sides of the cars? Or will there be an app, a Jonah app? And at some point it goes beep, you know? Not sure. What's the sign of Jonah? Is it that for three days and three nights he'll be in, in the belly of a fish? What is the sign of Jonah? And I think it's worthwhile taking a closer look at the story of Jonah, even though you, though you might think that you know it actually quite well. So let's take a closer look here at Jonah. I just gave you the summary, but let's take a more thorough look at this. So first of all, we need to note every human being has a calling from God. The fact you were born is no coincidence. It doesn't matter how you were born, when you were born, what the circumstances were like, independent from what kind of family you were born into, it doesn't matter how you were raised, God has a destiny for your life. He's got a plan for your life. Even though you might have not known him at first, even though you might only have met him a few years ago or days ago or weeks ago, God has a plan for your life. And there is a wonderful plan. He has made you beautifully and wonderfully in the womb of your mother. That's what David says in the Psalms. This plan, when the Lord looks at you, he sees that plan over your life. It's God's plan plan is not for you to stay in prison. God's plan is not for you to be frustrated. God's plan for you is not to be captive under depression. God's plan for your life is not to go from one defeat to the next. But the Lord looks at you and he says, you are infinitely important and precious. So turn, turn to the person next to you and tell them you are infinitely precious and wonderful. Und du bist die Antwort Gottes and für you are Menschen. God's answer for other people. Plan ist, so God's plan is to use you to help other people. So to, to minister to other people. It is God's plan to use your life, your story, your testimony to help other people. And so this is how we look at Jonah. And the strange thing is that the Lord is using really normal, average people. Who of you is like that. Glaube, yeah? Show me your hand. Every one of us. And this is what happens for Jonah. God speaks to Jonah and says, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. And so just imagine what this is like. They're here, we are together, average people, every one of us with its own, their own calling. And at some point the Lord comes to you in the middle of the night, he stands before you and he speaks from you face to face. Now who of you would want to and desire that? Wow, you're really courageous. You are very courageous people. And this is how it was for Jonah. And then the Lord said to him, Jonah, see, 
Nineveh, over there, that's a metropolis, several hundreds of thousands of people. That's where you are to go. I want you to call this city to repentance and revival. This is as if the Lord were to say to you, Elizabeth, I want you to go to New York to call the city to repentance and revival. And then Elizabeth said, oh Lord, do you have anything smaller? And the Lord says, I want you to go to Berlin. I want you to call this city to repentance and revival. Go to Istanbul. I want you to go to a city, well, here or there, San Francisco or wherever, that you confront them because their sin has come up before me. So somehow, sin seems to be able to grow so great and so potent that God cannot tolerate it anymore. And so here, this is what happened. Sin became so great that God could not tolerate it anymore. And he said, somebody has to go and call them to repentance because unless they repent, there will be judgment in 40 days. And then this city will be destroyed. That was what the Lord had spoken to Jonah about. And Jonah feels really terrible. He feels so bad. He feels so insignificant. He says, Lord, please send somebody else. He says, I'm so weak. Lord, you made a mistake. He didn't feel like proud and say, oh, wow, now I can really go for it. But he felt totally weak. And we know what Jonah did. He packs his things and he flees. He's on the run. He's got a ready-made plan. So he goes to where Tel Aviv is today. He goes to Joppa, the oldest harbor in Israel. And there he, he goes and he wants to go to Tarshish. As I had mentioned before, a region probably in the southern tip of Spain. And so he just runs for it. He flees. And that's a sign, my friends, because today we still flee from God like Jonah did. So many Christians are fleeing from God. So many people are on the run. So many people are baptized, have Christian parents, and then they go to the festivals of this age, they are full of drugs, and so then they really get their fill of alcohol and they run someplace or the other, and then we've been there, you know, we, we know, and then you talk to them, and at some point they become really honest and open up, they share and say, yes, I am just so frustrated. Uh, my parents were, used to be Christians. I used to be in a church. And I was so disappointed by all the hypocrisy there that I ran away. And now they are far, far away from God. So many people are on the run. So many are fleeing. They've seen the power and love of God, but at some point they make some wrong decisions. And then maybe we go on our own ways. And they know exactly there was one point where the Lord asked me to do something and I said no. And I went the other way. And if I remember now, if I think back, as of that moment I can see that my life became so complicated. As of that moment, things became hard. Of course, God never took his way, hand away completely, but things became really difficult while I was on the run. And so there are many people who are like inner enemies of God, enemies of the gospel, but actually most of them are on the run.
Und die meisten Menschen, die auf der Flucht sind, sind Menschen, die können Gottes Dienst sein. Und die meisten Menschen, die auf der Flucht sind, sind Menschen, die können Gottes Dienst sein. Es 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 sind Menschen, die können And you can read that here. Wollte weg he wanted to get away from the face of the Lord. Verse 3, Verse 3 but Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. He wanted to get away from the face of the Lord. So listen, how stupid is that? To run away from the face of the Lord? Anyone can tell me, is there anyone who is able to flee from the face of the Lord? I mean, no matter where you were to go, if you were to go to New York, to Berlin, to wherever, the really heavy places, you cannot run away from the face of God. Who of you knows that you cannot run away from the face of God? You could even get to some nice beach, but still you would be before the face of God. You You can get your fill of drugs and still you are in front of the face of God. You can flee into activism and be successful. You get recognition as much as you want, but yet you cannot run from the face of God. You could even go to a different nation. You know, sometimes that's in us. Oh, we want to go to other countries, to Africa, to South America, just anywhere far, far away, just in the country far, far away. That's where we want to go. But you cannot run away from the face of God. Jonah was simply stupid. He thought he could flee from the face of God. But no human being can do that. It doesn't matter where you go. Psalm 139. David says, where should I run to from your spirit? How could I flee from your presence? If I were to take the wings of the morning sun, you would still be there. And if I went down to Sheol, you would still be there. If I took the wings of the dawn or were to dwell beyond the sea, your hand would still guide me and your strong arm would hold me. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. I could not hide before you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. So you cannot run away. You know, sometimes we think we can hide in the church, in a service, behind someone, so just for somebody else not to see us. We think we can hide, but it's not possible. But there is good news. Jonah did also something right. Even with the most stupid decisions that we take, we can still do something right. Isn't that good news? Tell the person next to you, even in your most stupid decisions, you can still do something right. Because the best decision that Jonah took was to get on a ship. So this ship here. 
Das Schiff ist ein Bild, das the in der Kirchengeschichte schon seit vielen Jahrhunderten gebraucht wird. Und eigentlich hat es auch in der Bibel Markus 4, 36, Mark 436, you know the story. Sind die Jünger zusammen im Boot, die Segelnetzerrett und Jesus war schon im Boot. Und da ist ein Sturm, Jesus war auf der Schiff und dann plötzlich ist ein Sturm und die Wäsche kommen crashing auf das Boot, bis das Boot voll mit Wasser ist. Da sind sie zusammen in diesem Boot. Und so sind sie zusammen hier in dem Boot. Oder? Einige, die so ein bisschen... Und dann einige... Who know a few of the church songs is a German church song, a ship called Church. That's a really old kind of 70s song. That's why they're laughing. Anyway, it's an image for the church, this ship. Well, Heinz will do it next time when he preaches. He'll sing that for, you, for us. Yeah, the ship. Anyway, the ship. There is no ship that can be sailed by just the pilot. Uh, any ship needs the crew. You can't just have the captain. It's not just two or three who can do it, but it's a crew who can actually sail the entire ship. So everyone on the ship has an important place. You all need to be Schiff, there. And this ship needs to be able to withstand the storm. It's a great image for the church, for the community. And then we read in verse 4, in Jonah, chapter 1, Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. Wir sehen, wie das Schiff and so we see the ship is threatening to break up. Everyone is really giving their best. They're putting their whole strength in it to save the ship. And then they throw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. And they pray. They give everything, their whole strength, their whole faith. They are full of worries. They don't know whether they'll sink or not, whether the ship will break up or not. So they have a real crisis here. But everyone takes their place. They pray 24-7, for instance. They're standing there, they're praying, they're active. And at some point, I don't know who was it, he's someone is calling out, where is Jonah, actually? All right, Jonah, he's not here, where is he? The captain says, Jonah, right, he's not here. Und dann stelle ich mir vor, wie er diese enge Treppe climbing down the narrow steps, he has to hold on to the railing because the ship is going backwards and forwards. And every now and then there's a squall of water pouring down the steps. And so finally he gets down below deck and then he hears loud snoring. And then he sees Jonah curled up in a corner, not sure whether he slept in some ropes or hammock or whatever. So in German there's a saying that a good conscience is a very soft pillow. I would actually try to uh, turn this around. It's a blunt conscience or a seared conscience is a very soft pillow. At least that was the case for Jonah. So somehow everyone's praying, everyone's working, everyone's really involved. Only one is asleep, and that's Jonah. 
And somehow that's a picture for the church also. Who of you knows that there can be storms in a church, right? There can be really waves, crises, everyone's serving, everyone's helping, everyone's praying 24-7. And at some point there is someone, they are just asleep in the church. And so Paul knew about this in Ephesians 5 verse 14. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from your slumber of the dead, so Christ will shine on you. Somehow, sleep doesn't seem to be a good option here, Jonah. And somehow the captain had a good guess. He said, something's wrong with this guy. Because, you know, we can't fall asleep spiritually as well. That's what the Bible says. We can be seated in a service with open eyes and yet be asleep spiritually. Is that possible? So turn to the person next to you and ask them, is that you? And then turn to the other neighbor and say, oh, no, 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 not me, no. You can sit in the service with your eyes open and yet be asleep in your spirit. You might go to a cell group and yet be asleep spiritually. There's no more fire burning in you, no hunger for God or the Word of God. Inside you are closed. Whenever the Lord is asking you, you don't hear. The Lord can't ask you for anything. There's no more fire in you, even though the Holy Spirit, His fire, is, His power is in you. But yet you are asleep. We can sit in the service with open eyes and still live our own lives like we used to live before and we're not changed. So the captain here, he had the right guess and he says, Jonah, something's wrong with you. It's something is not right. Verse 4 and 5. All the sailors were afraid and each cried to his own God and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck where he had lain down and fell into a deep sleep. Number six, the captain went in and said, how can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us and will not perish. That's what the captain says. What's wrong with you? Your sin has effect on the entire ship. So it's important. We need to learn something here. There are biblical images, you know. The Lord doesn't see us as individuals, but your life and my life has effect on the entire ship, on the entire church. You know, the Lord doesn't see you just like an individual, whether you're here or there, it doesn't really matter. But actually, he sees you as part of the ship. Galatians 5 verse 9, just a little leaven will sour the entire batch. Or you can read in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 26, if one part of the body suffers, all other parts suffer also. And if one part is honored, all the others rejoice with it. So what I do has effects on the church. And, so war das bei Jonah and this auch. is what der happened for Jonah. He was asleep, the sleep of the, well, not the righteous, um, probably. Und die ganze and the entire sich, crew was God wondering, why is God not answering our prayers? Das hat der Vers 8. And that's what Sag the captain doch, says in verse 8. Tell us, why do we have this trouble? What do you do? Where do you come from? What's your country? So he's researching here. From what people are you? Who are you? What's wrong with you? 
Und Gott sei Dank, Jonah Unfortunately, ist sehr Jonah is very honest. Das ist schon that's really die halbe Miete. That's half Sag the ticket. Sag mal Ehrlichkeit so ist die halbe Miete. tell ja? the person next to you, honesty Jonah is half the ehrlich. ticket. Jonah was Vers really 9, honest. In verse 9, he says, Hebräer. I'm a Hebrew Und ich bete and I worship the Lord. The God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. So if you take a close look, he says, I'm a Hebrew, I'm a Jew. And I worship the Lord. And he says, I ran away from God. From his plans, his purposes, I didn't agree with him. And actually he says, I am a rebel, I am stubborn and stiff-necked, I ran into the other direction. What God asked me to do, I didn't do. That's running away. And do you know what that means, to run away from God? Es gibt eine Geschichte, die ganz, story, ganz bekannt ist, Lukas 15. Well das ist die Geschichte Luke von verlorenen Sohn. That's the story of the prodigal alle, son. We all know that, right? Der Vater, der zwei the Söhne hat. Der ältere dient im Haus Gottes. Und der jüngere, fühlt sich ungerecht behandelt. Und er geht zum Vater und sagt, Vater, and then he goes to the father and says, Father, give me my part of the heritage, give me what I... And the father wouldn't have had to do it, but he still did that. So he takes his heritage and he runs away, and we know what the story ends up like. He ends up with the pigs, he squanders the money, he is disappointed by people. You know, that's how it's like. If you are successful and have money, you've got lots of friends, but when the success is gone and you have no more money, you can look far and wide for your friends. And that's what happened for the son as well. But then he took a very good decision. He said the father is a good God. The father is not a God of hatred. The father, the father is a loving father and he decided to go back. And the father had waited all day. And the father, that's the story of the living God, the heavenly father. And when he decided to come back because he'd run away, so he says, I want to come back. I want to end my flight, my running away. And the father is waiting for him with his arms open wide. The son had run away, but at some point he had to decide to return and come back to the Father. And that's the image of the Heavenly Father, because that's what God is like, right? And then Romans 10 verse 21, he speaks to Israel all day, I have reached out my hands to a stubborn and stiff-necked people who will not receive anything but constantly turning their back on me. You know, what a father. All day he's reached out his hands. All day the son ran away. They were resistant. They were contradicting him. They were rebelling. But he still keeps his arms open. But you see, running away from God is the most stupid and most terrible thing. You know, you can't just keep run away and come back, run away and come back, but it's the most terrible thing you can do. It's the most stupid thing you can do. Running away from God means running away from His Word. Even today, you can see that. You can be a Christian and yet run away from His Word. You can run away from His decisions. You can run away from what God is asking you to do, from His church, from your calling. You can run away from the relationship to Him. So it's the most stupid thing we can do and the most terrible thing we can do. And therefore, 
kannst du hier nachlesen, Vers 10. You can read und die Seeleute waren entsetzt, als sie And das they hörten. were terrified when they heard that. Weißt du, die haben nicht cool gestanden. You know, they didn't oh, just uh, stand there very coolly and say, oh, well, he ran away from God. But they were terrified. Hey, wir haben es mit dem lebendigen you know, Gott zu tun. We are faced with a living God here. In verse 10, it says, sehen, dass er vor dem Herrn fortlief. They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had ich weiß nicht, wie es dir geht. Die ersten Mal, als ich Jonah Christ als das gelesen habe, habe ich gedacht, Jonah, ich habe gedacht, Jonah, eigentlich eine gute Idee, get rid of the problem, you into the sea and the storm will be calmed. But I tell you something, that was a really, really terrible, terrible piece of advice that Jonah gave here. Just think about it very briefly. You know, if you're in a crisis situation, you should actually have a very good answer. If you are in a crisis situation, you should have an answer. But actually, the captain did not have an answer. The sailors had no answer. Und hör ich, and listen, Jonah, Jonah was a Jew and he worshipped God, that's as he said, but he didn't have an answer either. Und alle, ob das der and everyone, war, ob das including the captain, war, the sailors, Jonah, Jonah obviously they didn't know the word of God. Und deswegen war die einzige Lösung für sie, so the only solution they found was pick me up and throw me into Vers the sea. 12. Verse 12. Nehmt mich und werft mich ins Meer, Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. So let's think about this. There are so many people, so many Christians who are called by God. God has got wonderful plans with you. So many believers feel so insignificant, just like Jonah. Sie schlafen, ihren geistigen they Schlaf. Sie haben das Gefühl, du bist so weit weg von lebendigen you Gott. You so far away from the living God. There's so many people who feel terrible. They said, oh, I'm so full of sin and guilt. Und sie haben keine Antwort. And they have no answer for it. Du bist in diesem Gefängnis. So you are in that prison in darkness. Du kämpfst mit dir selber. You are fighting with yourself. You're struggling with all your problems. Und keine Antwort. And there is no answer. Because they do not know the word of God. And so many Christians are like Jonah. And the only solution they find is throw me overboard. So many people are like Jonah. They throw me overboard. I need to leave the ship. So many want to run away from the face of God, from the love of God. They want to get rid of themselves like a piece of rubbish. Throw me into the sea. Hundreds of thousands are leaving the church every year. Hundreds of thousands this year alone. So many people. Like Jonah, they want to throw themselves overboard like a piece of luggage. Sometimes you don't even notice, but some inwardly, you have 
selbst in ein Gefängnis gesperrt. Put yourself into a prison yourself a long time ago. You got rid of yourself inwardly. You have thrown yourself overboard in your spirit a long time ago. And you're just somewhere out there. So many people are like Jonah. And Jonah did not know the word of God. And now I want to tell you a secret. God did not want Jonah to be thrown overboard. God did not want God that. Is ein treuer, God is a faithful and a loving father. And I want to read something Gottes. to you about God's character. Ezekiel 33, you say our sins are upon us. And we perish under them. How can we live? So speak to them, so speak to them as, as, as truly as I live. The Lord says, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but I want to see the wicked repent and live. So repent of your evil ways. So God did not want Jonah to be thrown overboard. First Peter 5 verse 6, God resists the brown but gives grace to the humble. So therefore humble yourselves under God's mighty hand. That's James 4 verse 10, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. So Jonah should, could, would not have to be thrown into the sea. He had run away, yes. He was in his deep sleep. He had gone his own path. He had become guilty before God and men. The only thing he would have had to do was to humble himself. Just to admit before the sailors, God, I am so sorry. The only thing he needed to do was to repent. Turn away from his sin. Just think Nur about it. Eine. That's the only thing he so would have had to do. So simple. Immediately so the storm would have been calm. Immediately there would have been quiet. And so I'm wondering, what is the sign of Jonah? Because that's how we started this message, right? So let me read two verses to you here. The only sign I will give to them is the sign of Jonah. As Jonah spent three days and three nights into the belly of the big fish, so the Son of Man will spend three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And then the next verse. The inhabitants of Nineveh will take a stand against you in the day of judgment because they repented after the sermon of Jonah and now here is one greater than Jonah and you refuse to repent. I don't know what you feel like but I really would have liked to hear the message of Jonah in Nineveh. I would have loved to hear what Jonah had to say. So Jesus says and you know he's the son of God he knows exactly what's going on so he allows us to take a spiritual telescope to see the future and we see the day of judgment and what Jesus says is that every human being will have this appointment with a living God and that will be the day of judgment and that's the day he's talking about and there he says on that day when all men will stand before the living God Somehow you will be able to see there'll be several hundred of thousands of people. There'll be the men and women of Nineveh and they will stand up at the judgment as witnesses with this generation 
Und sie werden rufen, wir haben they will call out, we repented Jonas at the preaching of Jonah. We were clothed in sack and ashes. There'll be the witnesses. We repented. We were saved. Wir sind von den bösen Wegen We repented of our evil ways. And God has spared us gegeben. of judgment. He gave us mercy. Ich frage mich, was war die Predigt, Jonas? I'm really wondering, what did Jonah preach? Ich glaube, dass er gepredigt hat, dass er zu stolz war auf dem Schiff, zu bäumen und zu repenten. Ich glaube, dass er gepredigt hat, dass er sich lieber vom wird sofort das Gericht aufgehalten. Judgment would have stopped immediately and grace would have come immediately. Aber stattdessen But instead, sagte er, ich wollte said, lieber tot sein, I rather wanted to be dead. Als mich zu demütigen humbling und myself and repenting. Was für ein schrecklicher What Stolz. A terrible ich wollte lieber als pride. Held, I'd rather want to be a hero and be thrown overboard. I'd rather be thrown away. I wanted to get be stuck in my pride and inferiority. I'd rather die kindlich um Vergebung zu bitten. than asking for forgiveness like a child. Deswegen sagte Jesus zu den Pharisäern, and that's why Jesus said to the Pharisees here, but you refuse to repent. Das Einzige, was uns so the only thing that can keep us back is from repenting is pride. And that's the first sign of Jonah at this time. And so we were talking about the sign of Jonah at this time, right? So the first sign of Jonah at this time is that people will be too proud to repent. Und zu stolz sein, um zu Gott umzukehren. And they'll be too proud to return to God and turn away from their sins. That's also what Jesus says in Matthew 24. He says, unrighteousness will increase, sin will increase, and the love in many will grow cold. And what's the second sign of Jonah? Vers 15, because the story continues, they took Jonah and threw him into the sea and the sea grew calm. And so there's lots of discussion whether this is possible or whether it's a symbolic story, but I'm convinced that this story is the absolute truth. And I did a bit of research on the internet. There's even stories and people are wondering you know, maybe it was a huge uh, gray whale that's large enough to swallow a person, but that's not what I want to follow on. There's a different argument, which is much, much better. So if Jesus is the Son of God, why should he refer to a story that's a fake news, you know. Why should he, Jesus, as the Son of God, actually identify with a story unless it were true? So these three days and three nights are a prophetic symbol of the 
death and resurrection of Jesus. No question, John 2, verse 2. But the Lord made a huge, caused a huge fish to uh, come and swallow Jonah. And Jonah was inside the fish three days and three nights. And from inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. And you know, the key thing here is the prayer of Jonah. So here he's in the place of darkness and the shadow of death, Jonah 2. And he prayed to the Lord. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord. And he answered me, from the depths of the grave, I called for help. Three days. So I really have to say, Jonah, it would have been a good idea to have done that right on the first day. You would have been spat out immediately. But he was so proud that he had to wait for three days. Well, on the third day anyway, he seeks God. And he repents. He says, I ran away from your presence and yet I will see your holy temple. So he repents, he humbles himself. Well, at last now, why did you have to end up in the darkness first? The place of death. So he humbles himself and he receives new life. And then Jonah is commissioned again. And you know, the one verse I want to mention here in this prayer is one verse, verse 10. It says, those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. That's verse 8 in English. We can worship false gods, worthless idols. You know what such a worthless idol can be? Point to yourself and say, me. We can worship false gods and worthless idols. And we can see or, or make people around us worthless idols. You know, if we focus all of our actions on pleasing other people, so you yeah. can point to the person next to you and say, you can be a worthless idol. So those who worship worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. And it, this can be cars, jobs, anything that you place above God. If I do that, I forfeit the grace that could be mine. There are so many Christians and they believe in Jesus, the risen one, but they don't live by grace anymore. In ihrem christlichen Umfeld steht gnadenfreie Zone. Das ist In their Christian surroundings, they've put up signs Gnade. saying grace-free area. No grace for yourself, no grace for others. Those who worship worthless idols. Wir wissen, was passiert. And we know what happens. Jonah humbles himself, he repents, he receives new life, and he is commissioned again. You know, God doesn't preach at him then, but simply the fish opens his mouth, and God says to him, now I've got plans for you, maybe you tried to avoid them for 10, 20 years, but now I commission you again, I bring you into my plans. So that's the second sign of Jonah. That's what Jesus says. This is what happened to the prophet Jonah. He was dead and became alive again. And of course, that's a sign of what Jesus has done for you. Jesus has went to the cross. He died. He took judgment upon himself. And then he came alive again. 
Jonah 2, 6 und 7. Doch du, Herr, mein Gott, hast meine Grube herausgezogen. Als ich keine Hoffnung But you hatte, brought my life out from the pit, O oh Lord, my God. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you to your holy temple. Das ist das, was Jesus getan hat. And so that's what Jesus did. Ich liebe diese Geschichte. I love this story. Weil ich glaube, dass der Herr eine Botschaft für dich hat. viele Menschen Because there are so many people here die wie Jonah eigentlich weggelaufen who are sind. Like Jonah, you've run away. There are so many opportunities to run away from him. Vielleicht bist du weggelaufen Maybe you run away from a living God. Weggelaufen, you run away and you took decisions in your life that were not good. Und so oft ist es, dass wir wie Jonah sind, dass wir selber And so many times we are like Jonah. We get isolated, we would rather throw our own lives away, we'd be thrown overboard and we distance ourselves from the spiritual ship and from what God is doing instead of simply asking forgiveness. Instead of simply humbling ourselves. Manchmal sind wir zu stolz, Sometimes zu we are too proud to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Lieben, ich bete, And my friends, it's my prayer. Maybe that sounds a bit strange or interesting for some people. Ich bete seit zwei Jahren for two years now I've been praying. Dafür und sag, Herr, hilf mir, And I'm saying, Lord, please help so me Sünde to be able to preach about sin in such a way Sünde that people can understand. Because sin is Sünde not making nicht, mistakes. Sin is not Sünde God ist standing nicht. in front of us saying, oh, now you did it wrong again. Dass Gott seine Stirn And sin is not God wrinkling or raising his brows like an angry father. Sin is not God running after us with a big stick to beat us over the hands and saying, you did it wrong again. Because that's our idea of sin many times. But sin is something that hurts the heart of God. Sin is the most terrible thing that can happen. And you know why? Because it separates us from the Heavenly Father. Sin means drought, judgment, distance from God, the most terrible state in the universe that you can be in. Sin is not an accusation of moral misbehavior. But sin is you no longer being able to be with the heart of God. And sin is my decision to live a life without the Heavenly Father. Sin is running away from God and to hurt Him and to say, I want to live my own life. Many times we run away from God, right? And maybe you have fled from the face of God and nobody was able to tell by looking at you. And you can just turn But you can simply repent. Du brauchst nicht vom Schiff zu springen. You don't need to jump overboard. Du brauchst nicht wegzuspringen. You don't need to run away. You don't need to end your life like many people do. You don't have to even finish your life in your own thoughts. Play with the thoughts about ending your life. You don't have to do that. The only thing you have to do is repent and turn back to God. Turn back to Jesus, who is the way to the Father in heaven. Just like a child, confess your sin and say, Lord, 
There's so much pride in me. Ich bin so weit weggelaufen. I run away so far. Du hinkommen zu ihm. Simply come to him. Und der Sturm kommt zur Ruhe. And the storm will du, be calmed. Gegen Widerstände läufst Or maybe you're running Ende. up against resistance. No end. And you can still trace that back to the one decision you made or the wrong decisions you made. Auch, dass du or maybe in der neu you need to take your place among the sailors once again because the Lord doesn't see you individually but as part of the family, as part of the body. And maybe you're called like Jonah. Ich habe das mal vor einigen Gottesdiensten gesagt. Jonah I said that a few services ago, Jonah starts with a Yod, the smallest letter in the Hebrew alphabet. So every change begins with a smallest step. And Jonah had a name. And Jonah translated means dove. Jonah, and Holy Spirit, does that fit? Yes. The Holy Spirit convicts of sin, judgment and righteousness, right? And maybe the Lord is using Jonah by the power of the Holy Spirit to hold up a mirror in front of us. Because it's so easy to come to the Father. It's so easy for the Lord to put into practice his wonderful plans in your life. So let's all stand and then pray together.